Most people believe the Holy Spirit exists. But why don't we ever talk about it? We hear about the Holy Spirit and we sing about the Holy Spirit, but do we understand who He is? The Holy Spirit is not meant to be a mystery. He is a person and not an it. The Holy Spirit isn't just a power source to tap into when we need it. It's about communion with the person. There are many aspects of the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit. And the truth of who He is is painted throughout the Bible. The Holy Spirit is meant to be a part of our everyday lives. And we are called to live in the supernatural. Hi, everybody. It's so good to see everybody and all of those that are online with us. And uh, the way I've just been so uh, seeing it this last few months is that this is like one big family room. And it is just such a delight to be together in the presence of the Lord. May we never take that for granted. May we always just embrace this as a holy, holy moment. So welcome to the family, whether you're here for the first time or we've been together for some of us 30 plus uh, years. Uh, what I want you to know, and someone just came up to me who was praying uh, over our service and they said, some people feel that God is repelling them, but God wants you to know that he is drawing them. And if you're here and you feel on the outside, I promise you, no matter what the barrier of brokenness, sin, or relational breakdown makes you feel distanced and alone, God has broken down the barrier through Jesus and through making us a family of God so that you can come near and be delighted in and be drawn into God's purpose and his plan. And whatever your problem is, Jesus already died for it. So we believe that his grace is sufficient today for wherever you are. Amen. Love that. Well, speaking of family, we had a powerful weekend on Friday night. Our youngest son, Daniel, got uh, engaged to the dream of his life, Kendall Wood. And I think we've got him up there. Woo! And uh, we could not be more thrilled, more delighted as Daniel was walking out to the car. I, I, I just affirmed Daniel as he's walking out of the car to go ask her. I affirmed him, what a man of God he is, way to go. And I said, the perfect choice. Amen. And she is here today with her family. Y'all stand up, wave that Daniel loves this. And I think we got a picture of their whole family. Did we get the, did we get the family pick up there? Did we get the family pick up there? There it is. All right. All of our kids are in town. I mean, it was awesome. All right. Hey, welcome to the family. We said it was the family room. And um, we, we just could not be prouder. And the Wood family, just such an honor to have you guys uh, in among us today. But we look forward to a lifelong of friendship and joy and gratitude with you. All right. Well, stand up, everybody. 1 Corinthians 8, 5, and 6. We need to declare who we are as a people. We read this together. Join me. Uh, for even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. This is what I believe and what I stand on by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Woo! You may be seated. Yeah, it sounded a little uh, Baptist today. Amen is the end of every, uh, but that just means so be it, which is a beautiful term. I love it. So be it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Well, hey, just a little review um, on where we've been uh, traveling as we've been uh, doing this series, Ignited by the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, for those, again, for, that are both new and have uh, been along with us in the journey, I just want you to know, because of the blood of Jesus, we enter the throne of grace and we experience not only God's friendship, not only the grace to be forgiven, not only the grace to be sons and daughters of God, but then he seals us with the Holy Spirit of promise that we may know that we are his and he is ours. Isn't that beautiful? Because of Jesus. We've been unpacking the Holy Spirit before Jesus ascended to the Father. He said, I'm sending the promise, the Holy Spirit to you, and you'll be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus has sent the Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes not as an it or a force, but he comes as God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is fully God, not an it, but a person who fellowships and walks and talks with us. In the, in the New Testament, the word for the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, which literally translated means the one who walks beside. He's the intercessor. He's the standby. He's the companion. He's the one that lets us know God is near, but also the one who speaks to us what we need to know. We're not literally living by principles. We're living by relationship with a person, and the person of the Holy Spirit is there to comfort, guide, lead, and direct, to, direct us and speak to us. He is the exalter of Jesus, always pointing us Jesus and to the Father. And as we've been discussing the last few weeks, he is the giver of good gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says this. He says, I, I'm writing to you that you would not be ignorant of the spiritual gifts or that you would not be unaware of the spiritual gifts. And that word gift is also a unique word in the New Testament. It has two, two parts to it. Charis, which is the word for grace, and the ma, charisma, or charismata, uh, means to put into action. So when God says, I don't want you to be unaware of my spiritual gifts, he says, I don't want you to be unaware of my grace gifts and that you, put, and that you be, uh, be uh, aware that you need to put those into action so that my love can be seen in all the earth. So God has given us spiritual gifts, grace to receive that we might give grace to a world that is needful for grace. So the reason we love the gifts of the Spirit, the reason we eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit is because God wants to distribute grace to everyone everywhere and we don't have within ourselves everything that we need. Therefore, God has sent the Holy Spirit to distribute what he wants to give. So that's a wonderful, joyful thing. And uh, I just want to encourage us again, according to 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love, yet eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And then it says, especially that you may prophesy so that people may know that they are cared for, that they are loved and they are wanted by God Almighty. As we talked about in, in a few weeks ago, what would happen if we didn't believe in the spiritual gifts or we didn't distribute the gifts of the Spirit and what would happen is the grace of God wouldn't be fully distributed and people would be not getting what God intended. And so, man, we want to pursue love, uh, seek the spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy and encourage one another. Well, again, back to our text, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7 through verse 10. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Everybody say, each one. Each one. 
Everybody say common good. Common good. Woo! Hey, if you're in each one, can you just raise your hand? If you're, oh, that's right, everybody. All right. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. We've talked about that. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the effecting of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the distinguishing of spirits. And this last one, to another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. That's verse 10. So today we're going to talk about the gift of tongues, various kinds of tongues and tongues in interpretation. Now, when I say that, some of you guys are like, praise the Lord, you're so excited. Man, I've been waiting for us to talk about the gift of tongues. This is awesome. There's a a big excitement in the room. Another crowd might be, um, that is so interesting. I'm interested. I've heard about it. I haven't experienced it but I'd like to know more. Or I've had a, maybe a little experience, but I'm not even sure what it means. I'm so interested and can't wait to hear your teaching, Jimmy. Then the, <laughs> the third crowd might be concern. Uh, there's concern. I've heard about these people. Uh, these things can get out <laughs> of control. I had a bad experience with someone. Someone said they, they had all these spiritual gifts, but they lived an unholy life. Or, or someone used it wrongly in the flesh, or they, they tried to manipulate people, or they tried to make it as a spiritual badge, the haves and the have-nots. I have concern because people have used this gift wrongly. Could I just announce again that humans have used every gift wrongly? Humans have messed up everything that God intended that was good. Anybody notice that? So I understand the concerns, and they are genuine concerns, and hopefully the teaching today will help us in doing better and not walking in the flesh or or, um, walking in brokenness. But that concern is legit, it's understood, but it doesn't determine the goodness of God and the gifts of God. And then maybe the last group is just flat out fearful, and oh no, I knew they were going to go here. And... uh, (laughs) And you're fearful. Maybe you brought a friend for the first time. You're like, oh my goodness, they always talk about Jesus. How did we land here on the one day I brought my friend? If you're that friend, we love you. We're glad you're here. If you're their nervous friend, it's okay. All right, so I think that covers everybody. Um, But we're at peace today because James 1.17 says this, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. God is only a giver of good gifts, and tongues is one of those gifts, not the gift, but a gift to be richly enjoyed and used for the glory of God. So what is the gift of tongues? In Scripture, it's the Greek word glossolalia. Here's one definition. It is the supernatural gift of speaking in another language without having learned it previously, meant to build up the believer, reach the non-believer, and edify the church when it is interpreted. It's meant to build up the believer, it's meant to reach the non-believer, and it's meant to edify the church when it's interpreted. And that'll, we'll unpack that here in the next little bit. Isaiah prophesied uh, that, we, that this phenomena of the gift of tongues would happen in the New Testament 700 years before the coming of Jesus. Isaiah 28, verse 11, it says, Indeed, he will speak to his people through stammering lips in a foreign tongue, 
And he who said to them, here is rest, give rest to the weary. That's a good clue right in there why God's given this gift to bring rest, not anxiety or fear, not confusion, but rest for the weary. Paul quotes this, the reason we know that this is a prophecy of God's intended outcome about speaking in tongues, because Paul quotes this in 1 Corinthians 14, 21 as well. Jesus prophesied or said that it would happen, Mark 16, 17, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, tongues they did not know, Glossolalia, they will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. This was in the context of preaching the gospel. Jesus said we'd go preach the gospel to the whole world, and these things would be signs along the way of his power and of his glory. As we mentioned earlier, the, Holy, the promise of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8, Jesus says, I'm coming. And then in Acts 2, we see the coming of the Holy Spirit. Let's read this together. Acts 2, 1 through 8. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I just want to pause there and say, that's what we want. God, fill this whole house with your presence. God, fill my home, my literal home, with your presence. God, fill my workspace. God, fill these streets. We need you, Holy Spirit. Come and manifest yourself as you did here. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven, or every tongue, every, every tribe, every tongue under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together. They were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are not all these uh, who are speaking Galileans so they don't know our languages? How are they speaking in our languages? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language in which we were born. Now let me pause just a moment for uh, those who are a little more familiar with the Bible. In Genesis chapter 11, there was uh, the, the peoples of the earth out of, were trying to create a common language and trying to build a tower to heaven. They were trying to, in their efforts, get to God. God said, I'm not going to let humans, human effort uh, make it to heaven. So he scatters the languages. But in Acts 2, he brings the languages back together in the Holy Spirit and says, what man attempted in the old covenant to get to me, I will now come to him. And those scattered languages will now become one language, the language of the Spirit. And those scattered peoples will now become one people, the people of God by the grace of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That God in his beauty Uh, And in his wisdom brings us all back together by the Holy Spirit where people can hear the language of heaven in their own unique expression for his glory. He has made the scattered one through the blood of Jesus in the coming of the Holy Spirit. Well, in this first visitation of the Holy Spirit uh, in a manifest way, it says that they were hearing them speak uh, languages they did not know, speaking of the glory of God. Um, a couple of years ago, fall of 2020, 
we had a team in Seattle visiting our Seattle church plant there. I'm so proud of those guys. They were navigating all kinds of things, uh, being a church in Seattle, Washington. And, um, but they were still gathering, and they were meeting. And, of course, they were masked, and they had distance and all that. But we did a revival uh, weekend just of worship and prayer with their community. And um, one of the things that they had been doing consistently over the last couple of years is been going to one of the homeless encampments, the homeless areas. They go and hand out coffee and sandwiches, talk with people, pray with people, care for people. And one uh, young guy had really attached themselves to our community. He, his name was Raven. That was his first name, Raven. And he had attached to them, and he was hanging out with them a lot. And uh, uh, he was so drawn to them that he would go, if there was a prayer meeting or a life group or if there was a gathering on Sunday, he had started showing up now for a few months. But he was clear that he had not accepted Jesus yet. He just liked the Jesus people. So he came to this particular worship uh, time, and a, a part of our team was a team from Waco and a team from our D.C. church plant. And one of our uh, young ladies there was in the worship time. She was drawn to Raven and said, uh, went up to him and said, I, I, are you okay if I speak in tongues over you? I feel that God has something for you. And Raven was open to anything. Sure. So she prays in what she doesn't know the language. She just prays unction of the Holy Spirit over Raven. Raven's eyes get big. They finish, she finishes praying. And, and he looks at her and said, how did you know my language? Now, just for a little background, he was Native American background, and his first language was Apache. And she had been speaking Apache over him the whole time. That's amazing. I don't know if that stuns you. It still stuns me. So she was speaking the Apache language. And then, of course, she said what you and I would say. What was I saying? <laughs> and he just tears in his eyes. He said, you told a, a story that I grew up with that's been told in my tribe for centuries, a story of a father and a son and a tree. And that our, our gal had the wisdom to say, the father is God. He sent Jesus as the son to die on that tree so that you may come back to the father. And Raven takes it all in, and he gives his life to Jesus in a very powerful way. Isn't that amazing? And then he, uh, I was talking to our senior pastor there, Andrew Bach, and Andrew said, and then Raven came up to me, and he said, the Raven was not an affectionate guy, and he said, Andrew, I found Jesus. I found him. He told him the story, and he said, come on, man, give me a big hug, and they embraced in the love of God. Isn't that beautiful? God in his glory and his desire to reach mankind has given the gift of tongues that many times can be translated for his glory and for salvation of others. So it says in this scripture in 1 Corinthians, back to our, our main passage, 12.10, it says there are various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So what I want to do is I want to go through four uses of the gift of tongues in the New Testament. What do we see and how God uses it? We just talked about one of those, which I'll come back to, and that's to, as a witness of the glory of God. So here we go. 
The first one that I want you guys to know as we look at the scriptures, that the gift of tongues is for individual worship and personal edification. Some people would call it a personal prayer language. God has given me a place to worship him, a place to be strengthened in the Lord through my own prayers in a language that I do not know. So let me give you some scripture for that. 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love, yet eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So there is this place of individual worship where I am speaking to God in worship, not to men. For no one understands it, but his spirit speaks mysteries. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, if you have the tongues of angels and of men. Many people would equate that 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 1 Corinthians 14. There is this mystery that I don't know what I'm saying in my worship and my prayer, but it's a mystery to me, but it's still a worship to God. Verse 3, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, consolation. We've talked about that. But one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So it is a worship to God in my personal devotion, and it's a strengthening of my inner man by the Holy Spirit. Um, now, I wish that, and Paul says this in verse 5, um, now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. So Paul's not only not forbidding it or not just saying it's a thing that's passing. He's saying, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy and greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. And what's Paul saying this is when we gather together corporately, the need is for understood declaration of the goodness of God. That's the prophetic utterance, the preaching and teaching or encouragement by the Holy Spirit. And this particular thing that he's saying, this is our personal worship, our personal edification. So uh, just to let everybody know, so how do we run our corporate services? We, we know that many of you have this gift and some of you do not, or maybe many of you do not. And we're not here to let that be a distraction to you. So what we ask is as a worshiping community, if you have that gift and you are able to do that in an undistracting way in your own worship and prayer, you're welcome to do that. But we don't want that to be a public thing without an interpretation so that there's no distraction and everybody can be encouraged and built up. You got it? But on a private level, this is a beautiful thing that we want to encourage you to exercise if, if God's given you that gift. And if not, it is, it is a desired thing to ask for it. And whatever God gives, receive it with grace and joy. And if at this time you say, well, God isn't giving me that gift, then just know, as it says in 1 Corinthians 14 and uh, verses 14 and 15, we pray in the spirit what we don't understand. We pray with our mind. You're just as holy by declaring the word of God and praying with understood words as you are with not understood words. But again, this is a gift to edify and to worship. So uh, I have a, a great friend of this church, and uh, many of you may be familiar with the name Max Lucado. I think he's written about 100 books. I don't think that's an exaggeration. <laughs> I think it's probably about that number. And um, he's, a, he's a good friend, and um, he uh, was, called me about three years ago. Uh, and, uh, and just by the way, he and I have been, he, he, he is coming out with a book on the Holy Spirit and tells this experience in that book and has given me permission to share this. And he said, please share it with the people to encourage them. So um, just a bit of Max's background. He grew up under the teaching and understanding that the gifts had ceased, what's called dispensationalism, cessationism, cessationists, that the gifts had ceased uh, after the uh, uh, closing of the New Testament. 
And um, so he said that's how he started off in the ministry. But then as he began to meet people that loved Jesus, that not only believed in the gifts, but saw healing and had revelation from God and spoken tongues, he, he said he had to be open because these were God-fearing people. And he said, so he searched the scriptures himself. And he says, God not only prohibit, does not prohibit it, but he encourages the gifts of the Spirit. So for many, many years, uh, Max enjoyed his friends who exercised the gifts of the Spirit, but it wasn't his personal experience, especially related to tongues. So three years ago, he calls me and he says, Jimmy, the most wonderful thing happened yesterday. And I said, what, Max? And he said, I was praying and worshiping and having my devotional time, and I began to speak in a heavenly language. He said, it was wonderful. It was awesome. And he started to laugh. He said, I'm 64 years old, and God has given me the gift of tongues now, you know? And, he, and uh, he just declared, just, it was just such a beautiful thing. Then we, we talked a little bit about that. Then a week later, he called me and he said, you won't believe what happened this week. And I said, wow, what? And uh, he said, I went into a, a particular meeting to, to share. And there was a woman really broken and disturbed on the front row and wasn't able to be consoled. And he said, I felt like it was demonic. And some people kind of ushered out to the side. And I went back and prayed over her with a group of people. And a demon left her, and, and she was left in her right mind, and she could think straight and see straight and felt so loved by God. I was so overwhelmed with the love and joy of God. He said, I think the power of God is showing up in a new way, and it's thrilling my heart. And why do I share that? What I, what I want you to know is Max has ministered to me for years without the gift of tongues and to millions of people. So God is using tongues as a gift, not the gift, but God gave him this beautiful experience here uh, at this stage in his life for another thing that he's wanting to do, a fresh thing that he's wanting to do. So I want to say to everybody in this room, it's not too late. It's time to ask God for everything so that he might glorify himself in anything he wants to do. Isn't that awesome? On this deal of personal edification and comfort, from the Holy Spirit in our personal prayer language, our uh, daughter Abby uh, came to the Lord at five years old, and it was very genuine. I know that because she was like a wild child, and then she got saved and became such a delight. I mean, if somebody says kids can't be saved, Abby was saved. I just want you to know that. So um, uh, for her, um, whenever she would be around poison ivy, poison oak, she had a very strong reaction. And so uh, this particular day, she had one of those huge reactions. Her arm was swelling like three times its size. I mean, and we were going to have to take her to the uh, emergency room, get a shot and all that. And she's just saying, Daddy, I, I need you to help me. I mean, it's a bit, she's a bit overwhelmed and we're praying together. And then all of a sudden, she says, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. And she begins to pray in an unknown language out of desperation and need for Jesus. And I asked her about it yesterday, and she said, she said what happened in that moment, it said it was like honey. It was like honey, the peace of God from the top of my head. It just ran down my whole body. Now, I want you guys to know she didn't get any better. The arm was still swollen. We had to get the shot, and over time, it got better. But what she experienced of the comfort and the peace of God was a beautiful thing and was activated by the gift of tongues for, uh, as a place of rest, a place of grace, even in the midst of her trial. And I love that about God because, remember, all of his gifts are good. 
And the intent of God's heart is to care for us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So number one, it's for personal worship, personal edification. Uh, Number two, the gift of tongues is for intercession, to pray. Because, it's, because, again, our prayers seem at times to hit walls. We, at times we don't know what to pray. We're so desperate. And I love this verse, uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love that. I don't know about you, but there's so many times I'm so desperate, whether it's personal pain or pain to a friend or a loved one or a situation that's out of control. Oh, God, you know, you just don't know what to pray. I don't know how to express that. And God gives the gift of tongues as a way, as a part of that expression of groanings beyond words. About 10 days ago, um, uh, our dear friends, Ron and Janine Parrish, had a grandson born. Um, while he was in the birth canal, his oxygen was cut off. They had a very tragic uh, experience with that. And when the child was born, was rushed to the NICU, and they said he is unresponsive neurologically. That the oxygen had cut off and that there were neurological problems and, and maybe lifelong devastation. I did not know this. It was kind of happening in real time. I was in Washington, D.C., I went to bed around midnight that night. I woke up at one o'clock. I couldn't go back to sleep. And uh, I've shared before a little bit of my own sleep issues. So I was like, okay, just, all right, not going to sleep tonight, but it's okay. Lord, what do I need to do? Is there anybody I need to call, contact um, overseas? Because we're on opposite time zones. And God said, God spoke to my heart, call Ron Parrish. So I call Ron. And I don't know this is going on. And I, it just in tears, and this is a rock. I mean, the, the, he and Gina are just rocks, man of God. He's in Indonesia. His wife's in France on a pastoral visit. His kids are in Austin, Texas, and he can't get to them. And he's just overwhelmed because he can't be present. And, and, he, and, and, and he's, the reports have been terrible, and the dread of what could be was just so heavy as he's sharing his heart with me. And I'm just saying, man, let's pray. And I'm just caught up with him, you know? I mean, I have grandkids. It's not hard to, it's not hard to get in there. And, and we're, we're in it together. And we both, because we, we uh, both speak in tongues, or God's given us that gift, and we just start praying and groaning and praying in a language as we don't know, just crying out to God. And this went on for about 30 minutes back and forth. We are just, we're just in it together in the pain that we can't express, in the need that's beyond us. We're just groaning before God. And I don't know the exact time, but let's just say after about 30 minutes or so, then there, there became intelligent language. We've just been declare, God, bring your resurrection now. Let the resurrection power of God come on little Boone right now. Raise him up in the name of Jesus. God, you can cause everything that's not firing to fire. We begin to get language and, and words that were intelligible and we're praying in the spirit and in our minds. We begin to declare the goodness of God and that probably went on about another 30 minutes. And after that, we just felt breakthrough. We just began to thank God Thank you, Lord, that you're hearing us. Thank you, God, that you're enough. Thank you, God, that you're with us. We just declare your goodness and your loving kindness. Well, 
Well, I want to also say, of course, they had sent word out, and I'm sure thousands of people were praying uh, at the same time. A few hours later, they get word when they went to check on him that there's some neurological signs of firing and things were coming together. And then, and then uh, they, they, they check him again, and it seems like almost normal. And then the next day, they check him, and all functions were 100% normal. And what would have been a two-week stay was a two-day stay. Now, I want to say to all those who are in pain and struggle and challenge, and you prayed and you didn't see your miracle, I'm so sorry. I grieve with you. God grieves with you. And I don't understand. It's a mystery at times. I don't understand why some get healed and some don't get healed, but that does not prevent me from believing for healing. I've got to lean in. At the very least, my friend was comforted that day. At the very least, we met with God. At the very least, we felt that the resources we didn't have, God provided through the gift of tongues and the love and fellowship with one another. There was something of camaraderie and heart-to-heart covenant community that happened in that moment, regardless of outcome. But we got the outcome, and it makes us rejoice. So when people say, do you believe in the gift of tongues? I said, absolutely, and I need it more and more every day to intercede for the people that I love and to contend. The gift of tongues is not only for intercession, but it's also for breakthrough. I know that many times when our kids were struggling and we were kind of at our wit's end of how to help them, we would go into their room at night when they were asleep and we would softly pray in tongues over them because we didn't know what to pray or how to get the breakthrough. And, and um, uh, I had a, a friend visiting um, uh, who's a very well-known person in the business world and um, she um, was um, open to the things of the Spirit, fairly uh, new territory to her, more of a Catholic background, and, but attentive, wanted to know God. And I put her with uh, Susan Peters, Susan on our staff here, and, and she was at Susan's house, and uh, Marty was out of town, so it was just the two ladies. And I see her the next morning, and she's just like got saucer eyes. She's like, you won't believe what happened last night. I said, oh, what, what happened? <laughs> and she said, at 3.30 in the morning, I hear this groaning from across the house. And I'm like, what's going on? And she said, I was really scared. I wanted to run out of the house because it was very intimidating. But I asked God, God, what do I do? And he said, this is of me. Listen to a mama pray. And she said, I sat there for two and a half hours and listened, and wept, and God met me, hearing her pray and groan in language, I think it's called the gift of tongues, and in words that I couldn't and tell what she was saying, but it changed me forever. I'm changed. I don't know what to say. I, I went in, and, and I'm leaving different. Well, then she, we had these meetings in Dallas, and um, uh, I would say everybody and the crowd probably hadn't had that experience of tongues. And like we said, this is always a kind of a touchy topic. And so in our little cohort group, she says, hey, I want to tell you what happened last night. So she boldly lets the cat out of the bag. And uh, here we are, you know. And, um, but what she would testify, she went from there to a very well-known 
World Economic Summit Forum, and she shared not that exact experience, but the purpose of God in the midst of our justice and what we need. So here's what happened. A mama prayed. Somebody sat in and experienced it. They got their heart encouraged and strengthened. They went out and declared the goodness of God to others by the grace of God. Wow. Breakthrough. It's intercession, and it's for breakthrough. Third point is for a witness to the world. We already talked about that in our friend Raven. But let me just say this, that the move of God and the gift of tongues has become more prominent on the world scene since around the turn of the century. And many people would say, well, why wasn't it the first 1900 years? And you can look in history, it has shown up. People have experienced the gift of tongues. But there was a great outpouring in 1906 called Azusa Street, which birthed what we call Pentecostal charismatic Christianity around the world. And what began in that one little experience in which one of the, one of the manifestations was uh, the gift of tongues now has spread to over 650 million people worldwide. Of the 1 billion born-again people, 650 million believe in the power and gifts of the Spirit. About 350 million are more evangelical and, and aren't sure maybe about all these gifts. But I'm just telling you, the world is being set on fire with world evangelization by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And one of those signs is the gift of tongues. And I believe it's for this reason, for us to know that we can't get there on our own. We need a supernatural God to visit us, empower us, and to do supernatural things beyond us that he might wit, be a wit, that we might be a witness for his glory in all the earth. Um, just uh, last summer, we had a group in Dubai um, uh, um, a lot of different teams. Uh, that's where uh, the operations for our Middle Eastern work. And um, in the training for Dubai, there was a, a young lady, a college student, um, that during the worship and the prayer, she heard some people speaking in tongues, or, or, uh, and uh, she was a little taken back. She would be maybe, like some of us in the room, a little fearful of it, not sure about it, a little concerned. And so what was great about her, though, she shared her concerns. When you have a concern or a question, come to people, not away from people. When you have a concern or a question, don't go far from God. Come to God and come to the people of God. So she came to us. We talked it through. She was peaceful enough to go on the trip. <laughs> so she goes on the trip to Dubai. She's praying one morning, and it happens to her. She's just worshiping and praying, just like it happened to Max. And this language begins to come out of her mouth of praise and worship to God. Now, I, I really appreciate her. She thought, I wonder what I'm saying, right? So she did what you and I would do. She went to Google Translate. And <laughs> this is a true story, you guys, that happened like last summer. I, uh, so she went to Google Translate, and it comes up. This is Arabic, and here's what it said. I am the bridge that connects my people to my name. I am the bridge, bridge that connects my people to my name. She's declaring that Jesus is saying in Arabic, I am the bridge. Do you think she went out with fresh faith to share the gospel that day to Arabs? Wow. That is so powerful, you guys. And let me just say, for those who say, well, that's, I've never had that experience, and wow, that's good for them, but... Let me just say, again, it's not the gift, it's a gift, but it's a gift that is to be asked for and to enjoy. And if you don't have that gift, preach the gospel, declare the goodness of God, pray for the sick, do all the other things that God has for you, and thank God for those that do. This isn't a, uh, a competition 
for spirituality. This is just a gift thing. How can you take credit for a gift anyway? It was given by God. We glorify God and we express his goodness in the midst of his gifts. All right, number four, the gift of tongues is for the edification of the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 23 through 26, therefore, if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues and ungifted or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are mad? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever and ungifted person enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all. The secrets of his or her heart are disclosed. And so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. What is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble? Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. This past Tuesday, which uh, I can't remember, it's probably been years since it's happened, uh, somebody had a tongue in our Tuesday staff meeting. And uh, three people came up and interpreted what they felt that the Holy Spirit was testifying uh, through this gift of a tongue and an interpretation. And it was all the same things, just from different parts of the Bible about the throne room of God, from the book of Daniel, from the book of Revelation, that God wanted us to see him as the high and lifted one in his holiness, in his worthiness, and in his mightiness. And what happened among the staff, what a sense of awe came upon the people of God. Because God has spoken in something we didn't understand and translated in something we did understand that we might stand in awe of the goodness of God. Isn't that awesome? And let me just say how these gifts are best exercised usually are in a smaller group environment because then people can say, all right, what do you think God's saying? We can learn and we can grow together. We often don't do that kind of a thing on Sunday morning that we're open to anything that God wants to do. But the only reason we would say is we don't want to be a distraction. We only want to edify and serve. So we always want to, if we do have a tongue, we want an interpretation to edify and build up. I did have this happen one time, uh, and when I was in a church service, I was speaking in England. It was a church of about 100 people, and uh, the, the, the pastor gets up and said, you know, uh, somebody, uh, whatever their name was, they have a, a tongue, and then we're going to interpret what God's saying to us as a people. It was right after worship, and this person gets up, they speak in a tongue, and the interpretation was something to, to this effect, God is saying he who is faithful little, in little is rule over much, and that will determine your destiny. So I thought, okay, that's so interesting. But the reason it was so interesting to me is because that was the title of my message. You talk about a promo from God. I mean, wow. So this tongue, and, t and I literally I get up and I said, I mean, I'm astounded. I said, look, I, I promise that I didn't talk to them. I don't know them. This is the message, right? Faithfulness rule over much determines your destiny in God. And we're like, wow. And if you don't think they were full of faith to listen to the word, it was awesome. Best preach I ever had because everybody wanted it because they had gotten an, a, 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 a encouragement from God. And what happened that, as I remember it, not only did we meet the Lord that day and people get ministered to, but then we prayed over people and they went out and boldly shared their faith. And we saw a move of God. People saved, people transformed in those days in the south of England because of the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we need Him. I need Him. We need all of Him, not just some of Him. We need him, and he's inviting us. 
before we go into ministry time, I just want to encourage you, if, if this is a gift that you want, if this is one of those gifts uh, that God would have for you, like all gifts of the Holy Spirit, we just, we just simply open our hearts and our hands and we say, God, I want you and all of your gifts. And as we've talked about, there's innate gifts, God's motivational gifts and preaching gifts and teaching gifts, but we're talking about the manifest gifts of the Holy Spirit. These, these words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healing, tongues, interpretation, faith, miracles. But specifically, we always just say, God, I eagerly desire you. I want you and all that you have for me. And then the second thing we have to pray is, God, and may every barrier in me be done. Could be sin, could be indifference, could be um, resistance, or hey, I don't want to be weird. Hey, I don't want to be weird either. But I want God more than the praises of men. So if it's weird, bring it on, Lord, because it's you that's going to be good. So we surrender, our, our, we, we tell him our desire, we surrender our hearts and tell him to take the barriers down. And then we say, and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I receive again today your goodness and your loving kindness. Hey, let's stand together. If our prayer teams can come quickly to the front. We have people up here to pray for you. And some of you guys, that's what you want. You want the gift of tongues. It says in Acts 19, verse 6, uh, after they, they uh, asked Paul, they said, Paul, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Maybe that's where you are today. I'm up for all of it. I didn't even know this existed or that it was an option. And in their response, Paul uh, baptized them in the name of Jesus, and then he laid hands on them and said they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. So there is a laying on of hands, if this is a desire of yours, uh, to have the gift of tongues. Uh, the, the Many times, just praying in the name of Jesus. And our friends here, are, there's nothing magic about these people. They're just conduits of the grace of God. God, we just want to bless my friend who would like that gift. So if that's you, you can start coming right now. We have people up in the balcony. But also remember, these prayer times are for also the pain in our lives. And I know physical healing, there's many of you that are struggling and in your body, your mind, and your heart. And the power of God's here to heal the sick. And we always want to make room, opportunity to extend our hand in the name of Jesus. There was a man just a couple weeks ago He'd gotten COVID and then got pneumonia and was six weeks in and was struggling. Am I going to make it? Um, he was not on a ventilator. He was at home, but very deep, deep struggle. And um, he just said, all right, I'm going to get dressed and come up there and get prayer no matter what. And I guess he was watching online or whatever. He came up to the prayer service. He got prayed for, uh, went home, rested, slept most of the day in the evening, woke up totally healed, 100%. And because he, he said, all right, if somebody will pray for me, I'm going to come. And I just want to encourage you. I can't guarantee anything, but what I can tell you, you'll be comforted, you'll be loved, and you'll be prayed for, and who knows what God might do. Let's give God the chance to do miracles today. One last thing as we were praying for the service, just I know many of you feel confused in your head. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which way is right. 
And you just need discernment by the Holy Spirit. So if you feel confused in your mind today, and you just need somebody to pray with you. So come on. So those who are sick, confused in your mind, those who want the gift of tongues, just start making your way out. Don't let anything or anybody keep you. Just come on. And one last group, if you're in the sound of my voice online or in this room and you don't know Jesus, I want to take you to him because all this goodness and all this wonderful wildness comes through the door. Jesus himself comes through that tree that Raven had to be able to understand the cross of Christ. And if you need Jesus, you need him. Come on, everybody. If you need help, come for prayer. We go. Everybody else, if you need Jesus, just pray with me. Believers, just pray with somebody next to you. Pray for a lost person or you're coming for prayer. If you don't know Jesus, just open your heart to him and pray something like this. Lord Jesus, you can just pray it with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Tell him you need him. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. This is you being honest with God. God, forgive me of my sins. That's that barrier. You're bringing it to Jesus. Now your declaration. I believe you died on the cross for me. Pray it with me. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you made a way to the Father just for me. Just pray it with me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, as my friends are calling on your name, Lord, thank you that you're forgiving. Thank you that you're pouring out grace and mercy. Thank you for salvation, for cutting them free from the power of sin and death, for you to experience your goodness and your grace in Jesus' name. Hey, our guys are gonna sing and seal the word of God right now. You're either coming for prayer, praying with a friend, or just doing business with God right now as we respond to him.